Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Welcome to the saddest podcast in history, the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with a very deflated Jados, coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. And the world is grey. I'm depressed. It's raining every day. It's cold. It's miserable. Season over, life over. It's all, it's all happening. The world's crumbling. <laughs> it is, it is crumbling, mate. It is crumbling. <clears throat> no, I don't. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to make this podcast about me. I don't want to have a "woe is me" attitude. But seriously, the bunch of dogs dish <laughs> up the worst performance of all time. This like, literally, I've never had a worse round in my whole life. The only reason I'm here is for you guys, the listeners. I, you know, I'm. I've pulled it together. I've. You're here. I'm here. You're ready to go. Well, I'm here. It's our podcast, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> that is true. All right. That is true. Before we get into score ranks and how you went, I've got some trivia for you this week. I love it. All right. Hit me. Bit of an interesting one. How old is David Swallow? <laughs> I don't know. I'd never even... Th- like, my my initial thoughts would be that he'd be old, but maybe it's a trick question and he's younger than I think. Answer. You, you want an answer? What's your answer? 33. He's 30. 30. 30 on the dot, mate. Wow. How weird is that? Because I've never rated him. The reason I asked is because I was filtering through players that I think could retire this this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I've written his obituary nice and early, but <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's going to retire, just by the way. But yeah, I was looking through players that could retire and uh, stumbled across Swallow, clicked on him, saw, saw the big 3-0 next to his name and was like, what? Just absolutely shocked. He's he's been I swear he's been thirty for like five years. He just he feels like the <laughs> oldest player in the AFL. It's funny how that is that is a really funny point. He's Let's, got he's got years of bad footy left in him. <laughs> it's it's funny because we talked about him like earlier this year and have talked about him in years gone by as like this guy who just needs to hurry up and get out of the midfield because he's holding everyone back. And like he's literally just leaving his prime. Like <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that's a good stat. You're always, you're always here with the good stats, Keebs. Thanks, mate. That's why I show up, for your stats. Thanks, mate. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right, let's get into some scores, ranks, and trades, cuz. What did you do this week? Yeah, I scored a 20-31. Yes. Don't say it ever again. <laughs> I can't believe... Oh, it's, it's, seriously, mate. It's, I, it, I, I have no words. I'm baffled. I don't, like, it was the round from hell... It, it was. It was just it was atrocious. pure carnage for everyone, and I still managed to score 200 less than par. It's all fall- The wheels are well and truly off. We're just we're cr- like we're just dragging ourselves through fucking hell. Just yeah, through the mud, waiting. We've got it's, we've it's got pain. no legs, no, yeah, legs no legs at this point. It's just all arms. It's not fun. It's not a fun time. Yeah. It was a bad round for everyone, to be honest. Like you said. 
by being that that far under. <laughs> I, g- good, I just can't it? believe it, mate. I d- I don't know. I'm I'm here for for comedic relief. You guys can all laugh at my team. Um, yeah, just laugh at me, guys. I'm the I'm the funny clown that what's, gives advice so that wh- sucks. What's the uh, What's the rank at now? And how are the trades? Uh, I'm still in the top 10k, but I reckon I have the worst team in the whole top 10. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no. Okay, I want to talk about it because. Since the buys, right, I have not, I've had a forced trade every single week since the buys. And I know everyone's had a lot of carnage. There have been some popular players that have been injured, but man, I've had some pods that have just, yeah, done my head in. Um, you know, like coming out of the buys, I was feeling so good about my team. I had five guys on my bench that I could cull and I was like, man, I'm going to have the biggest team of Uber Primos by the end of it. I had Seamus Mitchell that was 600K. I still haven't had the chance to cull him. Wow. Um, I still have Sheldrick on my bench, Johnson on my bench. All of them were like more than 400K. Haven't been able to call a single one of them. Just it's been dancing around these stupid premiums, which I'll I'll get into soon, but yeah. That's actually remarkable that you've still got those three guys on your bench. Yeah. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. I haven't, I have <laughs> not had a luxury trade in like eight weeks or something ridiculous. Just just all fix-ups. Yeah. Hey, that's that's wild. What, yeah. what, were your, what were your trades this week? Okay, so I went... Dacos and Windhager to Short and Jackson. So the trades, the guys I got in were solid. They solid, were fine. Yeah, solid. I'm still, I'm theoretically improving my team, but like trading out Dacos is, you know, I guess a downgrade, but everyone had to do it. Windhager counts as a luxury trade, surely. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like I haven't had the ability to do like a, a week of trades double, where yeah, I can I do I whatever mean. I want to do. Do. Like, do like a big downgrade. Yeah, and the then. only way I could upgrade Windhager is by going Dacos right down to someone like Short or Hayden Young or something like that. So it's like, well, and the best I can get for Windhager is someone like Luke Jackson. So in that sense, I haven't been able to like upgrade my team in the way that I want to. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like you haven't been able to go all the way up to the top because exactly. your second trade has yeah. been compromised. My, my team is just like slowly downgrading my premiums that get injured to like <laughs> shit underpriced premiums, which I'll get into later. And then slowly and then, upgrading <laughs> yeah. to shit to more shit yeah. underpriced premiums. Yeah, and then, and then getting my underpriced or like my guys that are like the biggest issue in my team, like Windhager to someone who is just like, okay, like Luke Jackson or Flanders or, yeah. you know, but it's just like, Fair. oh yeah. Anyway, what did you score this week? I scored 2208, mate. So right around par, I moved up slightly to 7,403. Um, I think about 400 spots. It was a, it was a decent week. I really would have rocketed it up if I, if I nailed my captain, but the cousins captains let us down this week. They were all poor except, except Parrish. Um, but yeah, I went with Sicily, which was a bit frustrating and that sort of held me back. I didn't have too many bad scores. Um, but yeah, just a lot of mediocre ones and that kind of kind of held me down this week. But my trades were Dacos and Windhager to Sicily and Zeebel. So I was pretty happy with bringing those guys in because I think Zeebs has that massive ceiling. That's really going to pay off this week. Um, but yeah, Sicily was just disappointing, man. Just so, so disappointing. He was... He was I'm going to blame him calling the main culprit for the for the average week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Um. But yeah, I felt solid about the trades and I feel yeah. I feel good about my team going forward, which is nice. Yeah. It's still it's still a bit of a disappointing year. Like it I can't really see a path to getting in the top 5k now. It feels like it's a bit too late. I mean, all it, all it takes is, you know, one or two big weeks, but you can probably expect everyone to be having one or two big weeks over the last two. Exactly. Two it's rounds. all it's all much of a muchness with where everyone's at, but you know, 
we're, we'll uh, start planning for next year, I reckon. We will, mate. Um, we'll- now, before we get into our hogs and flogs, I have a little bit of housekeeping. I wanted to give a little shout out to um, a guy I met last night. His name is Zach. Um, I actually played a gig with him and he uh, came up and he was like, oh man, you like you do that fantasy podcast, the, uh, the Cousins. He was like, yeah, yeah, I've checked you guys out. Awesome stuff. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Zach for coming and saying hello and, uh, and listening to the podcast and following us on Twitter. Um, he's actually ranked in the top 2K. So he's having a much better year than us. Solid. And yeah, he man, told me, we, so we, we got chatting fantasy and it was just, it was good, you know, just a good yarn, but he was, you know, it's fun like comparing the seasons that you've had. And he actually traded out Bont in round three oh, or after round three. That hurts. That's a hat right there. That's a, you know. That's quite, so, surely close. You know, commiseration, Zach, you know, you would have had a hat this year probably if you hadn't done that, but you know, great coach. So good on you, mate. Yeah. Those, those, those primo trades hurt. They yeah. Do, they do hurt <laughs> from time to time, but yeah, cheers. Cheers, Zach. Um, all right. Well, let's continue the, the sad theme of the pod so far and, and go straight into our flogs this week. Boom. All right, cousin, who's your flog? All right. <laughs> I, um, I might follow after your footsteps and give you a, a whole list of flogs this week. Okay. Where do I start? Well, maybe I'll start with Callum Mills for his 69 Absolutely pathetic. Like the the expectation that I have of this guy is already <laughs> just as low as it can possibly get. And he still manages to make me upset with his 69. I can't believe it. Josh Kelly, the definition of a headless chook, another 70 back-to-back 70s after I got him in. That's for Tuke oh, Miller. Oh, that's gross. Tuke Miller was a force trade two weeks ago because of his stupid ball Squir- grabbing incident. Squirrel exactly, gripping. yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I need a, I need a mid-priced or a cheap underpriced primo. Josh Kelly coming off a 120. Mate, oh, 73. Absolutely pathetic. Tom Stewart, shit. Um, Sicily, 84. But Libba as well, 22. Just your whole team. Just my oh. whole team. I just stunk it up. Seriously, I'm, I had like, I think I had four tons for the whole week. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned Libba because I, I was going to ask you about him. I thought I thought he might feature somewhere. Yeah, well, I have to uh, mention it. Libba, uh, that's unfortunate, but. Oh, yeah, so you can't, so unfortunate. But the main the main thing, I don't know if you've, you've actually saved more Libba chat for later, something that happened specifically in that game. No? What, him getting tagged, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, I. <laughs> Uh, it was that, but I just like, I was, it was at that point in the week where I was like, of course this happened. Like I just, I, d- I wasn't even surprised. I was like, of course, of course my primo that I got in last week got bloody knocked out and just bleeding everywhere all well, yeah. over the field. Tagging, tagging Libra mm. over Bond is just utterly ridiculous, but yeah, man, that is just so unlucky. He was fantastic last week, Libra. Yeah. Dropped that 130 in his first game in your team and then goes yeah. out and gets injured. There's, there's, one or two every year for most teams. I think I've been I've been pretty lucky and have avoided most sort of like early primo injuries this year, but they suck, especially coming towards the end of the season. Like there would be there would be teams that are in hat contention or it, maybe even, you know, one or two teams in car contention that had Liberty this week and that's season done just like that. So that's frustrating, yeah. mate. But I just wanted to – I didn't even get to my flog. Oh, I'm, oh you just <laughs> – those, those are the guys in contention. Okay, wow. The, the real – Winner in a in a very competitive cohort, I must say, it has to go to Josh Dunkley for his sixty one. What the hell is going on there, mate? I paid. Oh my god, dude! Like, I don't, I just don't know what is going on. What? How did he score a sixty one? What is he doing? Uh, is he yeah. is he injured? 
He came back with a 112 and a 130, and then now he's he's scored an 80 and a 61 back-to-back. Yeah, two-round average in the 70s. Poor stuff. It's I think he surely must just still be be hampered by that calf. Yeah, but the first two rounds that he came back, yeah, he just I don't smashed know, man. it. I don't know. It makes <laughs> zero sense to me. I can't. I can't understand it. It's a weird game we play. Dunks is one of those players, like him and Steele are two examples of primos, like uber primos that can just drop bad scores from nowhere. Like can we just be chugging along and then drop a 60. It's like, what? what how? It's. I think it's just because he's not like a natural, like real high disposal getter. Like he does, he does win a bit of it, but it's more like marks and tackles that inflates his score. So... Whenever he, you know, if, if he has a week where he sort of lacks in those areas, he, he doesn't necessarily get the disposals to make up for it. But yeah, flat mate. It's just weird to say that he's hampered by injury because it's, like I said, he, he dropped yeah, those two awesome games when he came back. He was passing the eye test and it's been a month now, four rounds of, of games. But it's funny that you just listed like half your team in the flog, <laughs> in the flog section. I could, I could list more, but. Yeah. Anyway, right, that's I'll, that's me done. I'll get in. I'll get into mine. I've gone. I've gone the two. Possibly could have gone the three, but Brad Crouch has been spared this yep. week because he's Fair. been been fantastic for so long. It's like, all right, I'll I'll take your bad score. It didn't cost me finals because I'm already eliminated, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I've gone with two two players that you mentioned already, which is Sicily. I brought him in. I know you, well, you You had him for a while, but made him my C, 84. It's like, come on, man. Like all the all the dominoes lined up for you to just go bang, drop a massive score. It was a relatively close game. Hawthorne was leading. There could have been junk, you know, against the Dogs who are an easy team for defenders to score against. And 84 is just not, not good, especially when, you know, I brought him in thinking 130 plus. Um, so yeah, shout out to Sicily. And then Tom Stewart is the other one. He's actually had a solid year, but I don't know why. It just it just annoys me seeing him in my team. And then you get a 72 from him. And it's like, mate, I just don't like you enough for you to be doing this. <laughs> 72, man. It's uh, He's had these random 70s and 60s throughout the course of the year, and I'm just sick of it. It's just, what he does. Tom Stewart has always been like this. Just have a higher floor, please, mate. Like, yeah. you know, 80 plus, that's fine. If you, I would <clears throat> rather back-to-back 80s than a 60 in a ton. It's just... I don't know. It's just a bit frustrating. So I'm not too mad about my flogs this week, but just a couple guys that deserve a little clip. To be fair, it's what all these defenders are like, man. Like they have huge ceilings, but they also will just drop a 70. They all they all do it. Um, yeah. Luke Ryan, Sicily. Yeah. Like like you said, I, I, um, I didn't trust Sicily for the captain this week. I just, I couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't see him going back to back huge scores. Like, He's just so sporadic with like, yeah. even in the game, he'll like, he'll score just 40 points in like 10 minutes and well, then not score for ages. Yeah, it's weird. It's just uh, how he plays. I don't know. Earlier in the year, he had three like monster scores back to back to back, but it's yep. true. I even, I even flagged it in the captain article just saying like, you know, it's a risk putting the C on him, but you know, he should, yeah. should be big this yeah, week yeah, yeah. and he wasn't. So no. yeah, I, um, I feel with Sicily, like, I don't know. I in my mind, he's a VC only option. I, he, I mean, he is always a captaincy option if you if you need a huge score because yeah. he's got that crazy ceiling. But I just don't like with the fact that he scored. I think it was like a forty five earlier in the year when he got tagged, and he's he's always Horrible. talked about as like a 
as one of the form plays in the comp. So I'm always just scared of a tag and him dropping like a 50 yeah. as a captain, you know? But we've said it sort of week after week. The tags this year have just been so unpredictable. And like most of the time they haven't come. I think yeah. he's, he's probably been tagged like two or three times this year. But yeah. it's not that much when you think about it. And coming towards the back end of the year when, you know, you're trying to gain rank, I think playing on these guys with the C, like I did the research and it all made sense. Yeah. Um, I think playing on these guys with the C is more relevant now than it was perhaps earlier in the year. Like, especially for good teams. It just, obviously it backfired this week, but the mm. Cousins captains are going to bounce back. They will. I yes, believe. absolutely they will. All right, let's move on to our hogs for the week, Cousin. <laughs> All right, following on from my theme of having multiple hogs and flogs, this week I only had two players crack 120. A pair of Saints. Jack Sinclair and Rowan Marshall. So they they have to get the joint, you know, the joint nomination for my hog for this week. Romar with the 131, Sinclair with the 121. Literally the only shining light for my team. <laughs> <laughs> They're both in 45% of teams. I, I just don't know what to say. Good like thank you guys for, you know, at least yep. making me not utterly miserable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, well, they got me to 2000. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a better way to put it. While we're on the, the, the topic, I love Jack Sinclair so much. I, yeah. Last fun. Last year, I was sort of salty and because I wasn't an owner. And so, you know, watching him rack up, I was like, this guy's not, not great. You know, just a, a bit annoyed about it and thought he was kind of going to be a one season wonder, but having him in my team for a large part of this year, it's just so nice. Someone who like, screams for the ball. He's so fast and agile. Like every time he gets it, he just, he's dynamite. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, he's fun. And um, he can score so quick. I think he had, was it this week or last week? He was on something bad at quarter time and then just went bang and then was on like 70 at half time or something. I can't remember, but he scores quick, man. Yeah. When yeah. they played the Hawks, he was getting attention from Finn McGuinness. That's right. Yeah. And he was like really quiet in the first quarter. And then he had like a 60 point second quarter and got to just... Yeah, 70-something at halftime. He's just such a stud. He's kind of like an older Dacos in a way. Like, Yeah, he is a bit, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not really saying that they're the same, the same level of skill. I mean, Sinclair's an absolute weapon, but, you know, Nick Dacos is the GOAT, the one and only. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the way that he like the way that he moves and screams for it and he's, like, fast and it's just beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right, I'll get into my hog for this week. I've only got the one... And it's the same sort of thing. I didn't have too many performers this week. It was a bit of a flat week at the subs, but Rory Laird, I held fat, 126. What a guy. Just, I love him. He's a, he's a great man. He's a great man. He's had a, a bit of a disappointing year at times, but scores like this just, it's it's why we've got him. It's why we've got him. He's actually in good form. I had a look and it kind of surprised me because he missed that week, but he, he hasn't missed a beat since coming back. And there's been all this talk about him like, oh, doing no contact at training and like he's being managed a little bit, but doesn't matter. He rocks up on game day and that's what matters. Exactly, mate. Exactly. It feels good because I held him. I held him through his injury. I, I, I got in George Hewitt, got the 91 and then have led back and just, I love the man. You know what's sad? What? I traded him to Tuke Miller. And then to Josh Kelly. Yeah, it's not who, good, is it? It's in, the, in that four-week period, I have not got a single ton out of those guys. Yeah. Not a single one. This is, I think the Laird situation is a really good indicator that you still can, even late in the season, hold some players. Because by all accounts, it was it was always going to be a weak injury. Like the, all, all the, the language coming out of the Crows was, yeah, he's, he's fine. Like he's just going to miss the one. He's going to be cautious. Week. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can find a suitable alternative, which is more 
it's easier that now with the sub vest and, you know, there's more underpriced players sort of popping up. So I saw George Hewitt at like 450K and thought, yeah, I can just do a little rookie shuffle here, bring him on for one week. And now uh, Hewitt's made like 200K as well in four weeks, which is awesome. But yeah, the hold, the hold of lead was a good one for, for owners. Cool. All right, let's move on to our hot bakes. Hot bakes. All right, it's a bit of an extended hot bakes again this week. We've both got some things to get off of our chest. I'll go first. Um, and it's to the Pies fans on Twitter. For calling the umpires maggots was one term I heard bandied around. Yellow flogs and a lot, a lot worse things. You won the game. You won the game. <laughs> there was one or two poor calls from the arms. There is in every game, you know, every team always thinks that, that they get slighted by arms. You know, it's, it's been happening since the dawn of time, <laughs> but in reality, arms are just there to do their job. They don't have any bias. And if they do, it doesn't ever really come out in the game. Collingwood is a team that gets favored historically. Like, you know, and again, I don't think there's any bias, but you know, that's just what some of the numbers say. Like, you know, Collingwood's a popular team. They have large home crowds, loud crowds. Sometimes it's a bit of a bias. The one game that they have decisions go against and fans come out from the woodwork just bashing arms. <laughs> Leave the arms alone. They're just trying to do their job. You don't need to say those things. You won the game. You literally won the game. Just relax. That's my first hot bag. Over to you, man. <laughs> All right. Mine goes to Justin Longmuir for the whole... Hayden Young thing that happened this week. So earlier in the week, they li- well, they listed Hayden Young in defense, talked about him playing in defense. That- that's a fact. They said Hayden Young would play defense this week. And then 30 minutes before the bounce, I was listening to the radio. They interviewed JL and he goes, oh yeah, actually, um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, they asked him what Hayden Young's going to do this week. And he's like, yeah, he's going to play inside. He's going to um tag Tim Kelly. It's like, okay, well, that's, a- that's news to me. I'm shaking my head. But it's... <sighs> Yeah. Anyway, and then after the game, he comes out and says, yeah, yeah, it was always our plan for him to play midfield. And actually, it was a tactic to deceive the opposition coach. It's just like, I mean, it's fine. They're they're within their rights to do it. But like these coaches that think they're playing like some crazy strategy chess. Tactical masterminds. It's yeah, exactly. They think they're like, you know, playing the great game of thrones and like they're some genius, some mad evil genius. Puppeteers just, like, just pulling strings behind closed doors. It's yeah, exactly. It just does my head in. Yeah, it's a little clip for Longmuir. It's just it, you you think you're cool, man, but it's just it's just shit. I do have something to add to this, and it's just you don't need to do that against West Coast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they won by 101 points. Like, just relax, man. Maybe if you're in like a prelim or, you know, a finals game, even if Freo could make the eight, they're fighting for the eight, but they're not. They can't make the eight. West Coast are the worst team in the AFL. And they're playing mind games. <laughs> yeah, just, don't, just don't be a dickhead. Oh, okay. That's a good one. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll move on to my second hot bake. And it's a bit of a double click clip for Rory Lobb and Bailey Williams in the dogs game. Now you're fighting for the top eight and there were some bad moments in the last quarter. Bailey Williams actually did kick a good goal in the end, but that shirt front, I don't know if you saw it, but no. about 30 seconds to go on the clock. Dogs are down by three. Bailey Dale gets the ball. So Tim English kicks out, which was very weird, but it sort of worked. Bailey Dale gets the ball, handballs to Bailey Williams. Bailey Williams looks up sees Bailey Dale getting free, turns back inside, takes like three steps and tries to shirt front someone with the ball in his hands. Got done holding the ball, game over. 
it was the weirdest sequence of events. It was like, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> Give off the hands or like dump it forward. Don't run into someone purposefully yeah. with the ball in your hands and try and like, I don't know, who, does he think he's Superman? Does he think he can just run through people? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make any sense. And it was frustrating because I like the dogs. I wanted them to win. Um, yeah, man, that's, uh, it was just confusing. And Rory Lobb for his set shot goal kicking, mate. You're a key forward. It's literally your only job is to kick goals. What did he kick? He had, he, I think he kicked 2-2 two, two for the game. Okay. Maybe 2-3. But he had two like stock standard, as easy as you like, like 35-40 out, almost directly in front, back to back in the last quarter and sprayed both. <laughs> it's your only job. Your team lost by three points. You kick one of those goals and you win. Like, mate, how much do you get paid? How, how long have you been playing AFL for? You should be able to, to bag at least one of those shots and win your team the game. Just as a, as a spectator, it was a bit of a frustrating end to see, especially when, you know, the dogs are fighting for the eight, like I said, and against Hawthorne who have been, a, a, you know, a cellar dweller this year. It's like, boys, come on. What are you doing? Yeah. All right. My next bake is actually to a coach of another team that is fighting for the eight and it's Adam Kingsley. Their midfield getting absolutely torched by Port. And I look at the end of the game and Callan Ward and Toby Green had more CBAs than Josh Kelly and Cogs, who have just been like throughout the season, been in like good form. Giants, you know, were smashing it with Kelly and Cogs as their main midfielders over the past, what, six weeks or whatever it was. And then now, I don't know, the, the mix has changed a little bit with Tom Green back, but they're getting smashed and they just throw out the guys that have been like proven performers the whole season. Like Cogs has been getting talked up incredible form, like elite career best form for Cogs. And that he had his season lowest CBAs this week yeah. and their, and their midfield got smashed and Kingsley, a guy who was, you know, they're pushing for the eight. He's in the conversation for coach of the year. It's just, I don't know. It's bizarre to me. Like Toby green, maybe because he's a, he's a match winner and he, he's a proven performer, but Callan Ward, get him out of there, mate. Yeah. Let, I, let Cogs go to work. It makes no sense. Yeah, Toby Green has been an elite inside mid and he's the captain of the club, so you give that a pass. But we've been banging on this drum for years. We haven't had a podcast, but we do now. <laughs> Get Callan Ward out of the CBAs, man. What is going on? He's 33. When's he retiring? Yeah. Surely this <laughs> is the year. <laughs> Surely this is the year. It doesn't make any sense. Guys in their absolute prime, Cogs and Kelly, should not be getting less CBAs than Callum Ward. Callum Ward is an old man. He was a great midfielder five, ten years ago. He's not now. He's okay. <laughs> Get him out, He's man. He's serviceable, but yeah. Get him out. It's, it's, it does my head in. Anyway, Kingsley, little clip. All right. I've got a hot praise now. Switch it up. Let's get more positive. We need to do it for the listeners. They're probably getting distressed <laughs> week <laughs> after all week. Negative. Now, the hot bakes are increasing. The <laughs> flogs are increasing. It's all going wrong. But a hot praise. I just want to say the Carlton, Carlton and Melbourne game as a footy fan was easily, in my opinion, the game of the year. It was fantastic. Such a great game. Um, the, all the fantasy players really, really performed in that game as well. Besides sort of Doc, but he was going well, got subbed out, unfortunately. Just the game in general, though, like the intensity of it, it was a finals game. To see the Carlton fans get up and about for winning such a big game as well, knowing they're going to make finals, was just a great story for footy. So I just wanted to give that game a hot praise because it felt good in my soul on a Saturday night to sit there and watch it. Awesome. Lovely. Well, that's the end of our hot bakes slash praise. And we're going to move on to the good, the bad and the ugly. 
All right. Congratulations, Jai Newcomb. You get the award for my good this week with a huge game, 159, 40 touches, 12 marks. And cause I'm ridiculously excited for this guy to be an uber primo at some stage. Big time watch list. Big it could be next list. year. Yeah. Big, yeah. It could. Absolutely. Oh, dude, 159. The, the crazy thing about that score is the marks. Yeah. That's be, yeah. Because we know you, you said this to me over the weekend. We know he loves a tackle. Like on debut, he had what fourteen tackles. Yeah, he's an absolute freak. So forty and what twelve marks is is insane. Yeah, I I love Newcomb. I love him. Yeah, he's he, yeah he is cool. He's cool. All right, my good this week is Clary, the man returning from injury. One twenty six, just a stud, mate. Just a stud. And I told you last week you did that he you would did he would have it. I have knew a big this one. was coming. I I do want to say. I somewhat retract. I know I said what I said on the podcast last you did, week. You Don't did get, retract it over the I, weekend. You I did. retracted it to you, <laughs> but not publicly. I said, well, as soon as Gorn came out, basically he came out and said that Clary has been right for basically three weeks. Um, he said if there was a grand final three weeks ago, Oliver would have played. So as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, he's, he's cherry ripe. He's good to go. Um, but yeah, good on you. You, got, you, you were right. Thanks, mate. No, nah, well, he did start slowly. He had a 43-point first half, but then went bang, 83-point second half. So, Clary, Clary's back. It's, what, it's what he does. Yeah. My turn. It is my turn. <laughs> I'm you- all over the place, mate. All right, my okay. bad, my bad is Tuke Miller for his 79, and he's just back to being a tagger. Um, Gold Coast midfield mix is, like, totally different from what it was when he was – you know, an elite, just ball winner doing everything for that midfield. Now they've got Raul, who's just a stud inside midfielder now. Anderson, A grader is maybe a stretch, but he's... He he's, will be. He will be, yeah. He's close and he's, you know, he takes a lot of mid-time. Um, Flanders, just racking up every week. A grader is not a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine he's stud. He's an A plus grader. He's yeah. S tier midfielder. Triple um, A. They give inside time to Humphreys as well. Swallow still gets a handful of CBAs. He's only so, 30, mate. He's so only Tuk, 30. Tuke just has all kinds of strengths, has running ability. So they're happy to use his his strengths. And he's been, you know, he was an elite tagger for at least two or three seasons. Um, but he only averaged, what, like 90 to 100 in those years. And maybe that's what we can expect from Tuke these days. So I think certainly for the rest of the year, now, now like, uh, yeah, I think he's just going to keep having those roles. But I still think he's going to be an uber primo years in you know future years. I, he's yeah, probably going to be in my team next every year. Every single one of those guys that I listed are all going to improve for next year, and they're going to have a new coach. Like yeah. there's so there's so much, there are so many question marks around what they're going to do with Tuke Miller. Like he's still in his prime. Oh, absolutely. But they have they have guys that are going to be just studs for so long that they want to develop into those studs. Yeah, you know? you would think it, it's going to be. Raul Anderson took and then Flanders gets, you know, he's probably the fourth man in the rotation, plays almost the same amount of mid-time, and then Humphrey just gets like CBAs in there, here and there, plays plays more forward. I think that's kind of what it already is, and Took is scoring 79. Yeah, but you know, he's just come back from it like a pretty big injury, had a lot of time off. It's the end of the year. Gold Coast isn't making finals. I I just think it's he's kind of phoning it in for the rest, and then next year he'll be he'll be good to go. All right, my bad this this week is the popular captains. I've just got a, a bunch of players grouped together because they were all bad. Merritt, Dawson, Goulden, English, Sicily, just all were, you know, relatively disappointing. Um, you know, none of those guys turned up 
just a just a bad week for captains in general. All right, my ugly this week. I'm circling back to it. We touched on it earlier, and I wasn't ready, but I'm coming in hot. I want to talk about Libba getting concussed and subbed on 22. Cause when it rains, it just pours, and the fantasy guys are just literally just pissing on me at this stage, and I'm just they're making me drink it as I weep. Golden regretful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me now. Um, with the fantasy gods, but seriously, man, what what is go? This season is just totally cooked, and the fact that Libba was getting tagged by Finn McGuinness is just absurd. Uh, it's ridiculous <laughs> to me. I know, I know, Libba's a beast, but he's just like an inside grunt guy, just like clearances, and like the fact that Finn McGuinness is trying to stop that. I don't know, like the what what Sam Mitchell has been doing with Finn McGuinness in the past is tagging more of these outside guys, and we were hoping that he would tag Bont, who is obviously in like just absolute career best, like Brownlow type form. We, we, He's just a world beater. Just quickly, we, we also said that he has the size to tag Bond. Like, there's he no does. reason that he didn't yeah. tag Bond. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were saying on Twitter that like, oh, they'd be he'd be giving up some size. Hardly. But, but um, Bond is like 192, 194, 194. There you go. All right. Well, and Finn McGuinness is 189. So it's not it's not much size difference. But five, yeah, five centimeters is, I is hardly anything. I wouldn't have been surprised if Finn McGuinness tagged like. Bailey Dale or something like that because he, he's been tagging those outside runners and they also don't like to put him in the CBAs too much. So he's been tagging a lot of those halfback type guys, Sinclair, Dacos, um, even Rioli a couple of weeks back, you know, those kinds of guys. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they went to someone like Dale and then they put um, Nash on Bond. But Finn McGuinness to Libba is like the last scenario that I expected. And then for him to get knocked out is just, you know, Icing is the cherry on the cake. So, yeah, that's my ugly for this week. It's just pain. Very fair. Very fair. Golden showers. My, my ugly is a mix between ugly and beautiful. It's ugly because this year, this has just been an absolute disaster. But next year, it could be interesting. It's Brody Grundy's 36. Yes. 36. Yuck. That is so bad for a man who is literally a pig. He's the ruck pig and <laughs> he scored a 36 in a full game. I know he's spending more time forward. It's not his fault. It's still just a, a horribly, horribly ugly score. But next year he could be cheap if he <laughs> goes somewhere and he is the number one ruck. That is the hope. Port Adelaide or Geelong. Someone call the man, get him to your team. He will take you to the promised land. A couple more 30s would be nice for us fantasy coaches to get his price down for next year. They would, but I don't think he's staying in the team. Nah, Melbourne lost not. and he played his worst game of possibly his career, man, yeah. in all seriousness. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but I really hope someone does pick him up because I, I think he still could be 100 plus Grundy. That's, he's a stud. Yeah. All right. That is the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly for this week. And we are going to swiftly move on to... An old favourite of ours, we have the Pod Merchants. I am the Pod Merchant. Welcome to my store. Alright, so Pod Merchants, for those of you who are new and have never heard this segment before, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We are merchants from the market and we're trying to sell you our juicy pods right for the picking. Um, And my pod for this week is Tom Green. Now... He's technically in like 18% of teams, but I had a look and he's currently sitting in 5.2% of teams in the top 1,000. So I'm qualifying him as a pod. 
And since returning from his hamstring injury, he's gone 141 and 118. He's the number one man for CBAs in the Giants midfield. He's an enormous ceiling with a 170 from earlier in the year. Giants are trying to make finals. I think he's an excellent, excellent option if you need a pod. That's that's all I have to say. Bang. My pod merchant is Jack Viney, 906K. He's got 2.5% ownership, a nine-round average of 114.2. Let me say that again. Nine rounds of 114.2. He had a 142 last week with Clary back in the team, so no concerns there. And one of the greatest things about Viney is his matchup proof. His three best scores of the year have been against Carlton, Collingwood, and the Giants, who are all notoriously hard teams. Stat for mids to score on. So Jack Viney to end the year could be a huge pick. He's got the form. Clary's back in the team. Posted his second high score of the year, even with Clary. Just an absolute start this year. I love him. All right. I was waiting for your thoughts. No, no yeah. Thoughts. I, I, you've, you've said everything that needs to be said. You can't sell him better than you just sold him. No no one in the world could sell him better than you just sold him. That's what I do, mate. You are the king of the merchants. That's why you have, have the most profitable stall. Thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Let's move on to our Knights of the Roundtable chat. We're Knights of the Roundtable. We dance where we're able. We do routine to call the scene to footwork in back cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam Okay, K-O-T-R-T, that's the segment. I'm going to start us off just with a quick flag of the benefit of the sub vest because we've seen the downside of the sub this year. We've had, you know, Primo subbed out, Popular Options subbed out. We've had players be the sub. It's killed rookie prices and cash gen. But next year, we're really going to start to see the benefit of it. There's going to be a stack of underpriced guys based on being the sub. The number one that came... Uh, the number one player that comes to mind is George Hewitt. He's the sub four times this year. And because of that, he's going to be priced around 72, obviously pending the last two rounds of the season. Um, That's just a good example. He's a guy who averaged 98 last year. He's averaging like just a touch over 90 this year with full games. So 18 points underpriced. Um, I just wanted to flag that for the listeners because it has been a bit of a frustrating year with the sub stuff. Um, And yeah, it's going to be good to see the benefit of it. It's going to make starting teams probably a lot easier again next year, having all these underpriced guys. Anything to add? All right. Well, the one that comes to mind is Dev Robertson, who currently has an average of 35 because of all the sub games that he's had. Or just shit games. Uh, yeah, Even when he gets a full game, he, play, he scores like a 50. Um, but if somehow he finds his way into the CBA mix for next year or at another club, um, it could be a good option because yeah. he's just that cheap. Absolutely. He's going to be like rookie, rookie priced. So that's a great one. I think he, he easily could see more CBAs next year, even if he stays at the Lions because, you know, Ashcroft is, has got that injury. Um, yeah, you know, if, if one of their mids goes down like Dunkley or Neil, Dev could Dev could come in and see like a big bump in CBAs. And I, he's still got potential, man. He was an early draft pick. Like he shows flashes in games. He does some great things. Um, yeah, I think he's he's a good one as well. Cool. All right, we'll move on. And the next point we've got is that there's a few retirees, a few players that have announced their retirement um, over the coming weeks that have said either this week or next week is going to be their last game. Just wanted to list them because these these are the ones that have fantasy implications anyway. There's a, f- a few more that you know we won't discuss because they're not relevant for the fantasy the fantasy pod. But so this week, 
Jack Rewalt, Trent Cochran, and Jack Zebel have announced that this is going to be their last game upcoming. They actually all play in the same game. Um, but Rewalt against North is the type of player that could bag seven or eight snags in a game. Cochin could play mids and absolutely rack up. And we know what Zebel does as a halfback. I, I got him in last week because of this game. So that's three this week that could, that could have you know massive retirement games. I'm expecting 180 from Zebes. Surely, massive. <laughs> that would be so fun. Oh, I'm excited. Massive, I'm massive. Excited. Yeah, I guess the thing is, if you're if you're sort of new to fantasy or, or new to the game, um, retirees often have like real big last games because they just get fed the ball, especially ones that are playing for teams that can't make finals, like Richmond and North. Yeah. Um, West Coast is another example. I'll, I'll talk about another two players in a second, but yeah, these players that announce their retirement, play their last games, often get fed. The halfbacks, they rack up like 30-plus, have a bunch of marks. David Asprey is a, is a random example. In his last game, he turned up and had like a massive game. Um, someone who's never been a fantasy player but just gets fed the ball by his teammates in, in his last game. Um, now, there's a few more for next week as well. Uh, Hearn and Shuey from West Coast have announced that the, the last game, Optus in round 24, is going to be their last game. Shuey's probably going to play midfield. Could have a massive game. He's had massive games this year. And Hearn, who plays halfback, could just get super junky with it. Take, you know, like 15 marks and, and have, a, have a massive one. Um, I like I like Hearn. I like that one. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be bringing Hearn in, <laughs> funnily enough, next week. Um, he Neither of them are actually playing this week either. So, like, they're being saved for the yeah. last game. Zebes to Hearn might be the trade. Yeah, <laughs> it really could. You, you could. you could be having two guys there that go, like, 140-plus back-to-back. Uh. And it's, it's funny, but that's the sort of things that you do, you know, in, in the last rounds of the season. Um, it could be like hat and car winning picks, th- yeah. those guys. Like it, it's massive. You'd you'd be scared, I reckon, if, uh, if, absolutely. if like <laughs> if a hat or car was on the line and that's who you were relying on. But for me, my season is over. I'm just going to, I'm going to enjoy the retirement lap. Zeebs into Hearn. That's, that's my trades. Yeah. Done. Exact <laughs> same. It's kind of like the inverse of when you see, you know, a player who, is a chance of winning the Coleman medal and they come up, come up against the easy beat in the last round. Like Tex is an example Tex for that next, next week. week. Yep. But like Jeremy Cameron, we've seen like 150 plus scores. We've seen like Jack Rewalt drop massive games in the past. Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins, like key forwards who, who you know, bag. Yeah. Well, Rewalt is the is the like the prime quintessential example of this when he scored 200 Nick, in the- Yeah, Nick, Nick Rewalt. Rewalt. Sorry, yes, Nick Rewalt. In what was it, 2017, 2016? Oh, something like, like that. that, yeah. <laughs> scored 200 in the fantasy grand final. And if you didn't have him, you were just cooked. You were done. Yeah. So key, lost. key forwards in the last round are, are, are nice, lovely picks, but they're the retirees. Isaac Smith is another one. Geelong is still in the hunt for finals, but he's a, he's a winger. It's a bit different, but he could sort of rack up in the in the last round if, if Geelong are, aren't a chance to make it. Uh, he's not a guy I would take a punt on, but... Yeah, probably not, but he's he's just a little bit of a left field one. Yeah. Um, Smith also has DPP as well. He's a, he's a mid forward, so if you're chasing a forward in the last round, I know there will be a few people chasing forwards. He could just be a, a fun guy to take a risk on. Mm-hmm. All right, the next point that we wanted to get into, or the next discussion we wanted to have, is we chat about this off air, and we talked about just some primo options that you'd want to bring in at this stage of the season. And we thought, why don't we come up with one each from each line? So let's start with defenders. Who have you got? Hold the phone, cousin. It's time for the Brothers of Destruction check-in. This week, Matt 
my boy, my beautiful boy, Matt Crouch, the main one, the undertaker of fantasy, had 33 disposals, nine clearances, and a 103, and he is such a stud. And Brad, his gross, disfigured younger brother, Kane, had 19 <laughs> disposals, six tackles for a measly 68. Disappointing stuff. Matt's, Matt's the man. Brad is not. Unfortunately, that's the way it went this week. The Brothers of Destruction. Matt's flying the flag for that family. Matt at the is moment. flying the flag. For that <laughs> he's flying the flag just for he's just everyone. He's, he's going on him. WrestleMania streaks. He's winning <laughs> World Heavyweight Championships. He's burying people alive, mate. That's what Matt Crouch does. <laughs> it's it's so good to have him back. It's yeah, so good. To it have is him back. cool. It is cool. Um, all right, we'll get we'll get back into our discussion. <laughs> we Do you want me to go first then? Yeah, you can go first. We're picking a primo from every line just to just to recap just to refresh your memories after that little check-in so my defender pick is nick newman the form defender of the competition probably the form player of the competition three round average of 133 five round average of 120 has a ceiling of 164 from this year the man is just red hot and just hot what a weird thing to say form player of the comp but it's genuinely true it is true (laughs) it's been so good Cool. All right. My deaf primo that I've gone with, it's not really a, a bring this guy in type of operation. It's more of a don't <laughs> trade him out. And it's Tom Stewart. And it's because we both gave him a clip earlier, but he plays the Saints and the Dogs, which are the two easiest teams for defenders to score against in the last two rounds. Geelong's fighting for finals. Stewart is the type of guy that has a massive ceiling. We've seen it in the past, not so much this year, but he can go 160 plus. I think... If you've got Stuart, if you don't have Stuart, bring him in. If you've got him, hold him because he's got the soft matchup. He should be great. Okay, cool. Midfield, I'm saying Rory Laird, if you don't have him, and I know there will be a lot of coaches that don't because he missed that week four weeks ago. And now Laird is in phenomenal form, hasn't missed a beat since coming back, and he has West Coast in the final round. Now, you flagged to me off air that West Coast, you know, might not be that, that, it'll be an interesting round in the final round because they have so many retirees. Yeah, and it's just, they, they it's, might not be the It's going to be a bit beat. of a dead rubber game as well. So who knows what's going to happen. But Laird is the kind of guy that's just going to cash in, I reckon. Still 120 plus. He's so consistent. Historically loves West Coast as well yeah. um, in, in the last couple of years especially. All right, my mid-primo that I've got is Bont. I know it's a very obvious one. Most Most coaches have him, but we don't have him. A lot of players in our league don't have him. He's the most expensive player at the moment, and he's a dead set stud. He plays Geelong and then West Coast. Oh, sorry, West Coast and then Geelong in that order. Um, he's you know he wants a brown low. His team's fighting for finals again. He's got a ceiling. He's been one of the best players, if not you know the best, the best midfielder this year certainly. Um, he's expensive for a reason. If you've got the cash, get Bond. He's so good. Yeah, he's going to want that brown low. Now, you said we weren't going to do rucks, but I, do, I just want to quickly say, if you don't have Tim English, you need to get him. Yep. He's got West Coast yep. this week. And then Geelong. And then Geelong, who are... I mean, Reese Stanley is already basically not a ruckman, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're without Reese Stanley. So they're, they're legitimately ruckless at the moment. Um, Tim English is, a, is just a watch to, to go massive in both those games. So, you know, if you... Most people have him at this stage, but I know a few that don't. Um, our mate Nash still doesn't. Still got Briggsy. So uh, Briggsy, what a guy. <laughs> English, get him in. All right, forwards. Who have you got? Sorry, just quickly on English. One one fifty eight against Geelong earlier in the year. Yeah. So 
It's what he does, man. There you go. I believe that's a career high too. Uh, my forwards, I've gone a bit weird with it and I've got Zeebs into Tex. <laughs> 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 because obviously Zeebs is retiring this week. We just talked about it earlier. So you can't roll with him for two weeks, but you want him for his retirement game because he's an absolute stud. He's got a huge ceiling, 160, 170. Um, and then Tex against West Coast in run 24 could get pretty naughty. So Zeebs into Tex is the forward options that I've got. Neither, neither are primos really, but <laughs> there you go. I don't mind it. All right. My forward, you guys are going to laugh at me for saying this, but it's Connor Rosie. And you might go, who doesn't have Connor Rosie at this stage? And it's me, the fantasy clown. <laughs> it's the <laughs> elephant in the room. I still don't have Rosie. The guy hasn't gone below 100 since round 10. Listen to these scores. 121, 102, 121, 106, 106, 145, 103, 111, 108, 106, 109, 112. He's just as consistent as they come and he's got Fremantle and then Richmond. He's actually, you know, he's he might be that the F1, you know. It's music to my ears, those scores. I love Rosé. I love him. He stitched me up last year, but he's been fantastic this year. He easily could be the F1. He's got that crazy ton run that you said. He does have a bit of a ceiling. Soft matchups in the last two. Um, I don't think he's the type of player that would get rested either by Port. Like, he's young. He's firing. Nah. Keep him in the team. Yeah. Okay, we have a couple of listener questions for you this week. And the first question is from Leo Beveridge. And the question is, Newman or Sicily? What do you think, Keeps? Mate, it's actually an interesting one. It, I would have said Sicily had you asked me last week, but Newman's a pod. He's, I think, just a touch cheaper. Not that that really matters now. Um, man, I, I kind of like Newman, to be honest. That's my answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm team Newman all the way. This could backfire hugely. I hope it doesn't. But yeah, I'm, I'm saying Newman as well. It's a pod. It's a real nice pod. That could that could really catapult you up the rankings. Um, you know, if Sicily drops a bad one or, or gets a tag, He's unstoppable at the moment. We flagged it. Yes. We, t- we talked about it before when, when I said, uh, I mean, I said he would be the one, the one primo that I would bring in in defense if I could bring in anyone. And I would probably do it over Sicily. They both have that 160 ceiling. So there's no, there's no discrepancy there. It's just form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's <clears throat> that question. And the other question I found on Instagram and it is at the Cousins Fantasy. Why is Keebs shit? Comes from an anonymous source. You're lying to me. <laughs> You're lying to me. You don't think it's real? I don't think it's real. I don't believe it. Take a look sure, I want to see the proof. Why is Keebs shit? I bet it was Harry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was you, you f- <laughs> peanut. <laughs> it's funny that you uh, said that. You good. Because no. I outscored you this week. I'm outranking you in overall, cousin. Uh, you've been... A- Oh, do you get eliminated in Dynasty as well? Bad week for you, wasn't it, mate? Don't be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You put me back in my box. You, you, you know what you did just then? You kicked a man while he's down. I'm sorry. And then you spat on him. <laughs> and then you teabagged him. And then I got and farted in his face. Golden showered him. And then golden showered him. This That's pod- what you just did. And I hope you're ashamed of yourself. The pod's getting weird, isn't it? It is getting a bit weird. But that is, uh, that is the end of our... <laughs> discussions that okay. is the end <laughs> listen to questions let's move on let's move on oh, Professor Filoni he will return tonight 
Sorry. Okay, it's the cousin's crystal ball. My favorite part of the pod. One of my favorite parts of the pod, but it's the goofy, goofy time, cousin. It's the great time. Now, last week, cuz, you said that Mills would go 110 plus in round 22. He scored 69. What have you got to say for yourself? Sorry, it was just wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he says. I'm sorry. I'm so so sorry. I don't, I mean, I don't I don't really have anything to be sorry about because it's not like people are hearing my my fantasy crystal ball prediction and expecting it to come true and bringing in meals off the back of that prediction. Um it, and I'm probably the only sucker in this country that still owns meals as well. So again, I'm sorry, but it's just it's just me like begging, begging for change in my life, begging for change in my team. Um, but yeah, it was more bold than your prediction. It was. You, you, finally, <laughs> you, you finally won a poll, mate, by 7%. <laughs> so hang on to that till the day you die. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Now, last week I said Merritt would go 140 plus in round 22. He scored 90 with a tag against North. Come on, mate. What are you doing? Uh, apparently not the boldest prediction as voted by our listeners and he let me down. So a bit flat about that. Now you also said last week uh, yeah. that Zeebs would go 115 plus and he scored 90. What have you got to say for yourself? He couldn't quite get there, could he? Well, he never looks like getting there. He junked his way to a 90, I think. I was concerned as an owner. <laughs> deeply, deeply concerned, to be honest. He'll get there this week, though. Oh, so sure. your, your prediction might get up. Yes, the other prediction that I said last week, which was Zeebs will score at least one more 140 plus score for the rest of the year. Now, when I made that prediction, we, I think, both assumed that he was going to play out the season. But only last week and this week, they're, they're the two games. So I feel like my prediction got bolder because of the news that he was only going to play two more games. Mm-hmm. All um, right, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, 140 plus. So that, that's alive for this week. Um, I'm feeling good about it and I'm excited for Zeebs' last game. Now, what have you got this week for me? Before we get into my prediction, woof, woof, it is time for our dogger check-in. This week, my boy Luke Dogger Jackson was chopping up and got himself to 52 early in the second quarter. And I sent you a message and I was like, mate, my boy is going huge this week. And he slowly faded into oblivion, ended on 103. But I like Luke Jackson. I know you're not the biggest fan, but I love the way he goes about it. He he weirdly has like a mean looking face, but a really kind looking face. <laughs> Like, do you not see that? Like, he smiles a lot, but he just looks, like, really gritty as well. He's Luke, a- Luke Dogger Jackson is my boy. It's a new check-in. That's by far the grossest of the check-ins we've had. <laughs> <laughs> Dogger. What a name. Dogger. All right. Have you never heard him be called None. that before? No, never. It's to, be, to be fair, I, yeah, I'm not the most avid Luke Jackson follower, but, you know, you do you, boo. <laughs> He's from Canning Vale. He grew up around the corner from me, mate. The Vale. Yeah, the Vale. But yeah, Luke Dogger brought him in, enjoyed it. One of Perth's, you know, more finest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say one of Perth's richest suburbs. Uh, Luke Jackson, obviously well-off parents. Had a- I don't think it is. Had a- What do you mean? It's very middle class. Oh, yeah. 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 Actually, But a lovely place to grow up. It's no- It's no- It's no Apple Cross, is it? Luke Luke and I grew up in a lovely Canning Vale environment. We neighbours. 
Uh, almost. Well, you know, you know where he lives. Lord lived. He actually lives around, like, like very close. Drop, drop the address on no, the. Pod. No, 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 no. It won't be done. It won't be done. Well, I don't think he lives with his parents anymore. Drop his parents. The man's address. getting like a million a year. I don't think he's living with his folks. Imagine if he did. Also, he lived in Melbourne for a number of years, so I don't think he'd yeah. move back in with That's his true. parents after being an AFL player for like five years. Oh, you could living living, you know, across the other side of the country. Maybe but- maybe he pays cheap rent. Maybe. Dog, he's Dogger, he's an enigma. Maybe he does. <laughs> I reckon he does, actually. <laughs> paying board $50 a week. Look, there we you could, go, folks. You know, yeah, 100%. 50 bucks a week, <laughs> Dogger to his parents. That's we, We've uncovered the truth here on the Cousins pod that Luke Jackson does indeed live with his parents. In Canning Vale. If, if anyone listening knows otherwise, please let us know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> All right. Hilarious. All right, let's get into my prediction for this week. And it is Tim English... Goes one forty five plus. Interesting. Yeah, that, that has to be bold enough, right? Yeah, it's bold enough. It's <laughs> no, nah, it's bold enough. I'll give, I'll give it to you. I say interesting because I wrote Tim English on mine, but I wasn't going to give it unless I was prompted for more because my bold prediction is Bont one forty plus this week. Right? Is that bold enough for you? Yep. I'll I'll take that one forties. I've I've sort of not backflipped on this, but. Last week, I was a little harsh on you for for your 140 plus merit call. And I think anything nowhere near hitting. No, but <laughs> to be fair, merit is the one player that like, I just, I expect him to drop a 140 every third week, you know? So, whereas, I mean, I guess English is pretty close to being that as well, but Bont, Bont and English a bit less. Yeah, well, yeah. English English has been the best player throughout the course of the year. Bont's been the best mid um you know, they're about five points apart in average. So yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah, but I, I said 145 and you said 140. Yeah, but that's, so. what, that's what I'm saying. Oh, right. Okay. So they're about, English is averaging about five points more than Bond. I think just over four points more than Bond. And you predict him to score five points more. So it works. All right. I guess we shake on it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hands shook. No arguments this week. And may the better man win. All right. Imagine, <laughs> if, imagine if they both just smash it. My, my secondary prediction, if you were prompting me for more, was I was going to drop Bont down to 130 and then say Bont and English 130 plus together. So there you go. Okay. Hey, uh, you, you saying what you just said just reminded me of what we talked about off air last week about one of us potentially not watching the footy this week and not checking scores yeah, and then being surprised on the podcast next week. I kind of want to do it. You can't now that my it. season's over. I mean, I didn't actually get to watch any footy last week, so it might be the same this weekend. Maybe we'll do it intentionally, and I'll, I'll not check any scores for the whole week, and then you break it to me live on the pod next week, and I'll you you guys will hear me cry. That could make for some hilarious. Content. I reckon we do it. All right. I mean, my my we'll, season's over. I I just want to entertain the listeners. We'll do a quiz. Entertain myself. All right. Let's do that. We'll do a quiz. Great. All right, get ready for that, listeners, next week. That's going to be that's going to be some fun content. It's going to get crazy at the Cousins. Fantastic. All right, well, that wraps up our Cousins crystal ball for the week. Let's get into fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. Okay, fantasy. Hey, diddly, it is time for our stupid, sexy Flanders check-in. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. This week, our little twerker pumped out another solid score with a 94 against Sydney. He had as many CBAs as Anderson and almost as many as Took. 
And yeah, it's just it's good to see him getting love. Love the guy. He's that's a, that's all I've got to say about him. He's just getting it done consistently. He's a beast. He's a beast, mate. You saved it too late this week. You saved it too late, but you surprised me. Better late than never. <laughs> it is better late than never. All right, let's get into fantasy proverbs. I'll let you go first, cuz. What have you got for us this week? <laughs> Are we being inspired? <laughs> no, nah, not this week. Um, <clears throat> my quote comes from the movie Babe. You know that movie? <laughs> 1995? I do, I do know I've, the movie. I mate. found this quote and I just thought it was funny and sort of relevant to this week. And the quote is, that'll do, pig. That'll do. And the relevance is that I want to highlight that we've seen two of our beloved pigs have massive declines this year. And I think it's a sign of just where the season's been at in general, you know? Like, there's, I just feel frustrated. I feel empty. And I feel like it's because of the decline of the pigs, you know, the stability that the pigs usually bring. And we're ready for a hero to step up to the plate. I need someone to come and save me from my captaincy woes. I've only had two captains go over 100 in the last six weeks. It's not but good, next year, next year, I'm praying for a pig to come into my life. And you know what his name is? Giant Newcomb. <laughs> the Duke. I was going to guess and it was not going to be Newcomb. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all right. Pigs, that'll do. Pigs, we need. We need. You served us well, but we need a new one. We do need a new pig. Sure, yeah, we do. Yeah, all the right. world is ready for a new hero. It's time. All right, I've got my fantasy proverb for this week, and it's this. It's from Buddha, <laughs> and it's this: holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. Now. It's relevant to us, cuz. We come in every week with our multiple flogs and our multiple hot bakes. Angry men at what fantasy's done to us this year. The listeners, probably also angry, some of them being eliminated from finals, missing out on the top 1K, top 100, top 10K. But don't be angry, people, because it's going to affect you deeply, badly. Just let it go and move on. Get ready for next year when we do it all over again and we try, we strive to get to the promised land. It's going to happen. AFLW fantasy starts in a few weeks. Another opportunity to win a hat, to get ahead. Don't be angry. A land of opportunity. I love it. I needed to hear that this week because I'm an angry man. But let it go. The Buddha Buddha quote, not quite up to the standard of the Smurf Buddha quote that I had. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Like eight weeks ago or something? Let that shit go. Let that shit go. And it's on your fridge, mate. You didn't even know it, but it's on your fridge. It's the same. It's the same wavelength though. It is. It's 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 very much the same, but Smurf Buddha, real Buddha. It's all the same. It's the same. (laughs) It's the same message. Don't be angry. Enjoy the game. Let it go. Get ready for next year. Get ready for AFLW fantasy. Get ready for BBL fantasy when it comes up. NBA fantasy. All the fantasy games you like. We love fantasy. Just don't be angry, Adam. Indulge in your fantasies, guys. Exactly. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week. And I'm sorry I just yelled that. It'll probably peak in post-production, but we'll fix that up. We will fix that up. (laughs) (laughs) Another funny episode. Thanks for for tuning in, guys. Um, Good luck for round 23. Hop on the uh, retirees like we're going to do. Enjoy the rest of the season. Don't be angry. Hopefully you win your prelims if you've made a prelim. Yes. Yeah. Good luck for finals for those those who are actually in finals. Um, What else is there to say? Oh, yes. Follow us on Twitter at The Cousins Pod. And on Instagram at The Cousins Fantasy. Well done. I almost stuffed up too. Hey, we're almost there. One more or two more. One more pod. 
and then it's the end. I was I was gonna say almost there. Almost. Like two more sentences for me to come up with. Of <laughs> what <laughs> to wrap it up? It's getting weird. My mind is blanking. Is what I'm saying. Um, we've we've got a few more pods left. By the way, we do. Yeah, we do. We have a couple of wrap up pods. Next week is gonna be actually an awesome pod because I'm not gonna know what happened all weekend. I'm gonna commit to that. And you're going to surprise me. And it's just going to be hilarious. You guys are going to want to hear it. Going to have to do a lot of pre-weekend research on next week to figure out sort of, you know, what to recommend to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. I already know, mate. I already know. You're onto it. Hearn and Tex. Hearn and Tex. Those yeah. are, you, you guys might as well not tune in actually because- Don't that, that. <laughs> No, please listen to our podcast. Yeah, we work very hard please. on it. I'm begging you, please it, listen. It takes many hours out of our week yeah, to does. get this fantastic content to you listeners. No, but we, we love it. And, Don't um, leave us. <laughs> all right, that's a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. I love my cousin. What are you doing, mate? Grunting on the pod. <laughs> I'm stretching. I didn't realize you were recording. <laughs> You're an absolute freak. Squeezing out a log there, mate. The listeners are going to love that.